Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. Lisa Jo, I feel like we are giving our listeners a real insider view of our podcasting process because attentive listeners will hear the exact moment when we realized we were not just having a typical conversation, but we're actually starting a three-part podcast series. I know, because here's the thing. I love a day in the life videos. And I confess, Christy, I have totally watched my fair share of get ready with me TikToks. <laughs> but today, what started as us sharing a day in our lives took a deeper turn that I hope has our listeners taking a closer look at their mornings too. Get comfy. Here we go. Lisa Joe, I am about to shock you. <laughs> like, what's the frame? I'm going to shock the pants right off of you. Oh, wow. I'm about well, to say the last thing you expect me to say. This morning, as I was like washing my coffee cup in the sink, I thought, wow, I miss having that drive time in the morning with my kids when I used to drive them what? places. You're living the dream where no driving is required. What are you talking about? My pets are shocked off me. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. Well, here's the background. I had just had a conversation uh, with a good friend of ours. You know her, Amy Knorr, my good friend locally who does so much um, cultivating community in the Blackburn Online. Um, and she was just uh, it briefly shared that she had listened that morning in the car with her girls on the way to school to a prayer app that I really like called um, Pray As You Go. We've talked about on the podcast before, and she just mentioned, uh, she was just telling me that one of her girls had this, that they did that prayer up in, together in the mornings in the car and how great it had been. And I remembered, oh yeah, you know, that used to be a daily part of my ordinary life where I would drive my youngest to school and I would think through, like, what, what am I going to play? What, you know, what, is there a playlist I can make for us or a song that we might. And so I can't remember what it is now, but Elsa and I used to have this song that, oh, now I really wish I could remember. It was like, God, it was like some like, God's going to show up from heaven. It was like this like <laughs> anthem. And so it was kind of a joke, but kind of not Seize where I, she was nervous music. about something, you know, or like unsure about going to school. I would always play that last oh. to like pump her up and get her out of the car. But it, it became like this thing we always laughed about. Um, but yes, I remembered, oh, I used to have that really intentional time with with one or more of my kids. And and now I don't. Mm. Now they, you know, they rush down, they eat their breakfast, they rush out. My daughter drives herself to school, my youngest takes the bus, my boys just, you know, they walk. And um, as much as I am grateful for that, and you know, you have heard me rhapsodize every time we are together, Lisa Joe, I'm saying. <laughs> The, when the oldest can drive, it changes your life for the better. And yet I found myself, you know, like not getting too nostalgic about it, but kind of recognizing, oh, I, I had that precious thing in my ordinary life. It had, hadn't always been easy, but it had been good. And now I don't. And so the reason I bring that up today is that um, I think it's time to just stop and you and I maybe share with our listeners, what does ordinary life look like? right now. And maybe if we do that, we'll kind of see it with new eyes. We'll recognize maybe even that some of the things we have right now, we won't always have. 
if for no other reason, then it's almost summer. So things are going to change soon enough, right? I mean, ordinary life in early May is not ordinary life in mid-July, is it? They're quite different when you've got kids in the home. So So we should do a day in the ordinary life. A day in the life. I have to say, it's one of my favorite things that I see online every year. I've participated a couple times where people essentially document what what we think as the humdrum of our lives. And I love it. It's like crack to me. I It's sort of (laughs) like when you walk through a neighborhood you really like and you want to peek in the windows of the houses. But on this day, it's as if everybody opened up their home and invites you in and documents their day from like the time they get up to the time they go to bed. So yes, I think it'd be super fun to just share a day in the life with our listeners. And if you're listening, what you have to do then is respond to us and send us some snapshots of your day in the life. You can tag us on Instagram. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm at Christy Purifoy. And please make sure you remember as part of your ordinary day to leave us a review because reviews make us happy. Subscribe to the podcast and then you can continue to get, you know, riveting content like this, a day in the life of two (laughs) 40-something moms. That's what every TikToker aspires to, I know. Although weirdly, have you read about this? I think it's a trend, Lisa Joe. I mean, here now, middle-aged Christy will try to analyze the trends of the young. But I, <laughs> So I was reading an article. I guess it is a trend on, I don't know if it's just like Instagram Reels or TikTok. Maybe it's everywhere of these kind of like, like what looks like really boring content, but it's like really soothing kind of day in the life or like, yeah, or like my ordinary routines or my bedtime routine yes. or my skincare routine. And that totally. people are really drawn to this like... Nothing much happens, but it's very yes. rhythmic and soothing. So I don't know. Do you think in like fraz- frazzled, worried times, do we do we need that more? I don't know. I but know it is a real try. thing. Like the whole get ready with me, wake up with me, like yeah. how would I eat in a day? I and it's I I admit I've watched I watch those videos. Sometimes Zoe and I sit together and just watch them and I'm like, why am I watching this woman's <laughs> makeup routine. (laughs) Why do I enjoy watching this woman clean? And I remember about it, I feel like six years ago, there was this article about this guy, you know, this really before the advent of TikTok and before Instagram was quite as big. He literally had a webcam pointed at his yard. And the site is something called like watchgrassgrow.com. And you could just watch him tend his grass. It's on 24-7. You could watch mm. him mow it and fertilize it. And he has millions and millions of views. And all these comments about how soothing it is and how they enjoy <laughs> watching him. And and then sometimes commenters would be like, oh, look, he pulled in. He got groceries. Or like, oh, they've got it new. The minivan must have got washed. <laughs> and like, you would just watch this dude pull in and out of his house and tend his yard. Mm. And it was huge. So you guys, you can literally come and watch grass grow with us today Gr- as we walk you through. Grow. I feel like that is hugely validating for our whole podcast ethos, right, Lisa Joe? (laughs) I mean, we're here to help you grow a daily life that matters because those like super, they can be just slow, ordinary, day in, day out, like as regular as the sun rising and the sun setting. Like that's what we're all about here, like remembering how much that matters. And maybe today remembering like how, how much it can just comfort us and give us a place of peace like our our home our lives are kind of made this is what it's made of like these are literally the walls you know and the roof of our our lives are these 
these just ordinary rhythms. So, yeah, I don't know other than that if I have anything super profound to say, because no. at this point, maybe it just devolves into literally the details of the grass growing. But I don't know. We'll see what comes out. Well, I'm curious because I think you wake up a lot earlier than I do. So I'm actually curious to track throughout the day and hmm. compare a side-by-side analysis yeah. <laughs> of our day-to-day. What time are you up in the morning? So here's something interesting. It has shifted this this year, this school year, because... Um, so I love to get up. I love to be, let me say that. I don't necessarily love to get up early. I love to be up early. I love that quiet, dark part of the morning. I really crave like the, the just the quiet of it and to be alone. And so when the kids went back to school in the fall, I you know immediately got into a routine of setting my alarm and just getting up every morning by six so that if they get stirring around 630, I at least have a half hour of like coffee and sit and read and do some particular kind of more like um, spiritual reading, contemplative reading and prayer. But here's my big admission, Lisa Joe. Um, as things have, have become busier for me this year, and as I have struggled, as I always have, to get good sleep. So I really struggle. I, I'm not a good sleeper. It takes me forever to fall asleep. If life gets really busy or if there's activities in the evenings, then I find it even harder to sleep. And so it got to a certain point where I told Jonathan, I'm just, no matter how early I tried to go to bed, I'm not able to get enough sleep. I'm just mm. tired every day. And so um, I told him, I think I have to stop like, can you, I basically say, can you handle the mornings with the kids? Because I think I have to stop getting up early. But the thing is, I I really, if I get up and have to go right downstairs and I'm in the middle of the morning crazy, like, I just, <laughs> makes me want to cry. <laughs> I just can't. It's so hard for me to wake up and just be in the middle of, of that. And so, our, our my routine has shifted. So, I'm no longer getting up at six. I'm letting myself, unless I have a meeting or a reason, yeah, um, as long, if it's just my normal work, I just wake up when I wake up, which let's be honest, is normally when my son pops into the bathroom next to my bedroom to take a morning shower. Mm. <laughs> so it's it's still pretty early. It can still sometimes be, you know, 6.30. Um, and then I either slip down and make a cup of coffee and slip right back up to my room or my office, or sometimes Jonathan, even better, these are the best mornings, he'll bring me a cup of coffee when Aww. he comes up to like wake the kids. And then I don't leave my room for a while. And I felt really guilty about that at first because I used to go down, try to connect with each kid in the morning. I would always make Elsa's lunch. And Lisa, I'm not doing any of that anymore. Wow. And I'm more rested and it is worthwhile. So even though you're not actively sleeping during that period, it's somehow giving a level of rest that's helping you enter the day. Exactly. Exactly. And it means if I'm, if I really didn't sleep well, I don't have an alarm set, so there's at least a chance that I'll get an extra, you know, half hour. Or um, I, and I have right now in my bedside table, I have earplugs and I have an eye mask. I don't wear them every night, but if I'm really feeling the weariness, I'll make sure to wear those just so that there's there's nothing, you know, nothing that will wake me up. So right now, I also have a broken blind in my bedroom. <laughs> Jonathan is like hung a blanket over the rod. <laughs> it's like baby Christy needs blackout shades. You know, I am as, it's like newborn baby days where you'll just do yeah. anything to try to get a, a good night's sleep. So that's, that's, yeah, kind of been a shift in my morning routine. So for instance, this morning I woke up around, uh, 6.50, almost 7. The household was already in full crazy and I slipped down and made coffee and I went right back up to my bedroom. 
Wow, listener, are you too jealous of Christy's life right now? Are we all listening with resentment? (laughs) I I know. We have to remember when we listen to each other's routines that everybody has different ages and stages. So if you have littles right now and you're thinking that could never be my life, we have lived through that. And if you're an empty nester right now and you're thinking, wow, wish you guys would appreciate your kids more. Well, we just came off of the really intense years and are catching our breath in the teenage years. And, you know, I think it's a big deal for me, Lisa Joe. Maybe this is a takeaway for our listeners, too. It is a re- I am a someone who, like, my love language is quality time. Mm. So it, it actually, like, pains me to feel like I'm missing out on quality time in the morning. Like, it mm. pains me to, to not be the one making Elsa's lunch. It pains huh. me to not, like, when, I think that's why when I heard Amy tell that story, I had that pain of, like, I... I I want to be the one in the car playing a meaningful prayer app to have a meaningful conversation with my children. Like, I want that so badly, but I want that in every way all the time so that it is actually really difficult for me to recognize seasons where I'm too depleted or um, I I just can no longer do all the things and be there all the time. And so to draw back a little bit is so challenging for me, but I feel like it is a sign of maturity and trust that I can just trust that my children are okay and trust that Jonathan is having his own kind of meaningful time with them in the morning and that I don't have to be involved. I don't have to be present. Obviously, if I think this hard about every aspect of my day, this episode is going to be like three hours long. But <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep checking along. Well, for me, it's interesting. It's sort of similar because Pete does, our, our kids have different schedules, obviously. So my sons are, um, my sons have to be at school by, they have to be there by 725 because Micah catches a bus from the high school to the middle school, which means so and we have learned this through much trial and error. We must walk out of our house at seven o'clock exactly, or we will not get him there by 725. And then we've had to figure out how much time do they really need. And they really need to be woken up at 620, the boys do, which surprised me because they're dudes, you know, like, what are they mm-hmm. doing with 40 minutes? I, I always know, they wondered do. that. They need a lot of time. But they do. Yeah. They need all of that time. So um, I, so Peter gets up at 6.20 and he, and I, I don't. And I used to, like you, feel like I have to get up and just be there in the mm-hmm. room with them. But mm-hmm. I realized I don't need to do that. And I get up later at 7 to get Zoe up. Um, but what I enjoy about that time, like you, when Pete gets up, I hear him get up. But I, I really hate getting up in the morning. Like if it was up to me, I would sleep until 9 every day. Like I am not a morning person. I don't want to be up when it's dark. I like to be woken up by the sun gently is how I enjoy it <laughs> with birds. Um, But one of my things I actually love about this time of the morning is Pete wakes up, his alarm goes off, it's super annoying, I always hear it, and he gets up and I hear him walk down to our sons, and our boys could set their own alarms, right? They're teenagers, but Pete opens the door to their room and I always hear him. He has this really gentle, kind greeting. He always goes, good morning, boys, it's your dad. 620 time to get up guys and it's just like this really he's not like get up you know wake he doesn't turn on the lights he just every single day your dad this this consistent greeting of his voice hey guys good morning 620 time to go and i just there's something deeper there i think i could camp on a little bit too but there's something consistent about a father's tenderness with his sons in the morning and and then i hear them you know 
down the hall, getting ready, packing lunches. One of them always has to eat a breakfast. One of them can't eat in the morning. He's too nervous. Uh, Mike always lets the dog out. Jackson will often take a shower. Like there'll be conversation about his hair and did you put on deodorant? And it's like guy stuff, you know? And I think I've come to appreciate they really enjoy that time with their dad who understands like how much they don't want to talk in the morning and it's quieter and they like to have headphones and listen to music. And so I used to get up at seven then with Zoe to get her ready for school. School, but I will confess that often I'll just let it go till 7.30. <laughs> sometimes we go later and later, sometimes 7.45 when Peter gets home from dropping the boys, I'll hear him come in. And by then he's high energy, the dog's with him and I'll hear him be like, guys, are you guys still sleeping? Like, what's going on in here? <laughs> it's so funny. He'll come in and hug Zoe awake. So by eight, I'm definitely up and Zoe is pretty independent in the morning. So I do some mornings I make her like avocado toast and coffee. Yes, she's 11 and drinks coffee with me every morning. I apologize yeah. <laughs> not at all for that. And uh, sometimes she just handles everything herself. And then I every single morning take her down to the bus stop, which is just at the end of our road. And she has to be there by 825. The bus picks her up. And then I trundle back here to get started usually by nine. And I have found though, and this is where you and I are different too. So I'm curious, when I get up in the mornings, I then have to like take a shower, get dressed, even put on makeup usually before I get her to the bus by 825. Psychologically for me, I need to feel like I'm starting my day. And if, and I like being in comfy clothes, but if I just stay in anything in the pajama family, and I don't put on like at least mascara. I don't know. My brain cannot accept mm-hmm. that it is now office hours. And mm-hmm. especially when we have Zooms more and more these days. So I use that time when Zoe's getting ready, I get ready with her. So we're getting ready alongside one another in the bathroom. And I just find if I'm not put together by like nine, it's really hard for me to mentally enter the day with a feeling yeah. of accomplishment. So I also, I'm curious about you, I make my bed every single morning mm. when I get out of it as well. It is the first thing I do. Even before I go to the bathroom, I get up, I make my bed, wow. I go to the bathroom and shower. And I love, it's so weird because Peter is not like this. I love the feeling of coming back out of the bathroom into my room and it's it's like made, it's peaceful. Mm. Every day I think, oh, I'm so glad I made the bed. It's weird how much it affects me but it does. Mm, that's funny. So here, yeah, I'm so different. And here, if you were to wander into my house in the morning, here is how you would know right away if it's a super stressful, busy day for Christy or a more spacious, you know, normal pace of a day. If I am still in my pajamas and my robe, but I'm up, you'll know like, yeah, okay, she's got a lot going on. If I am still in my pajamas, robe, and in bed with my laptop, then you know, oh, wow, she's got deadlines, she's got stuff, she is stressed, and so much so that she couldn't even, like, she just had to start work in bed. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) That's how I've been doing it. But I I realized, so I spent some time this week actually writing in bed on my laptop, and I thought about it. I was like, I have a lovely little space with a desk upstairs. I can get away. You know, why, why when I'm most stressed? Why would I feel most pressure in my work life? Why do I then want to work on my laptop in bed when it is frankly kind of hard to write on that teeny tiny keyboard? Like it is not the most comfortable way. In that sense, it's not the easiest way. I don't have a mouse. Like it can make the work itself a little bit harder. I think, um, I I don't really know other than I, I think I 
I bed, bedroom, pajamas is comfortable, cozy. It feels safe. And so when I'm in a place where I just feel like life is hard and I'm exposed and there's so much to do, to be in my safe place doing the work is, it just feels like such a a privilege of working at home that I will never, ever, ever take for granted. I have a vivid memory, Lisa Jo, of being in high school and not really of course, when you're young, you don't know yourself the way you do when you're older. And so I didn't know like how exhausted I could be by being around people. I didn't fully understand how a lot of like sensory overload really wore me down. I just knew that I would go to this huge high school with tons of people and crowds and bright fluorescent lights. And there would be this five minute period. And also like where every moment of the day is ordered. You have to be here. You have to be there. You're in this group. You're in that group. There was this five-minute period where right after I finished lunch in the cafeteria, if I if I ate quickly, I could slip out. And I had this totally locked down school. Like you could not wander off. It was not an open campus. But there was a balcony near my next class. So I could step outside, <laughs> but still I'm in the school. And I would watch the cars just driving by the road by the high school and think, what must it be like to live a life where you can do your work And yet you're alone, like in the middle of the day, you can just be in a car alone. And I would just stand on the balcony like, one day I will have that life. And then I would turn and go back into this high school that just felt like torture. And, and, but now I, I, I think of that and I think that is why I think today I'm the person who, when I'm stressed, when I have a ton to do, will fully take advantage of the fact that I work from home and I will stay in my pajamas and I will stay in my bed and I will pull the laptop on my lap. I will be my most coziest and then I can, you know, tackle the work. (laughs) What a beautiful (laughs) snapshot of young Christy that explains much about current Christy. That's so, I wonder the psychology of how we are formed and how we experience security is so interesting. And wow, this... Apparently, we might not get past the 7 a.m. mark. We might of not. Maybe this day. is a three-part series. Maybe it'll be a series. Um, because I do think it's interesting to decode these parts of our lives because I am the exact opposite, but for the same reasons. So because I experience security at home and in my bed and in my cozy clothes, that feels like a vulnerable place for me. So I don't mm-hmm. want to engage ever with uh, work in those spaces. In that place. Yeah. So if I'm in bed in the morning and I'm trying to wake up before I wake up, I will never check email because I don't feel ready to face it yet because I'm still in this state of vulnerability. And so I don't check email late at night if I'm in my pajamas. For me to like engage with work, Lisa Joe, with email, I feel like I actually feel this way in my brain. I feel like at a, at a disadvantage when I am receiving someone's work correspondence and I am in a place of rest or pajamas or, you know, <laughs> private intimacy in my bedroom space because now I feel like they have their work persona on and I have my rest persona who isn't ready to engage them in a professional capacity. So I've actually advised people over the years, don't give into the compulsion to feel like you have to check email when you're, when your brain isn't actually in that space. So for me, like I need to make my bed. I need to put on clothes and makeup. And now I am professional grown up Lisa Joe, not like, 
you know, sometimes scared, insecure Lisa Joe. I'm like professional Lisa Joe. I feel like you're equal. This email that's coming in and now my grown up version of me can engage with you. But if I let you come into the, you know, the bed is for like watching Netflix or reading a book and voxing you about that, but never about engaging a work issue. And I've actually been known to when I wake up in the morning and I know something is coming down the pike, I have the temptation to quickly check in on my email and see, and I will tell myself, you're not ready for that yet. You need to like get dressed, walk outside, be in your office and sit down. And then mentally, I'm in a place where I can engage. And I don't know quite how to decode that. That's a very interesting difference. But see how we're both looking for a kind of security. It just looks very different for both of us. Makes me realize that if we talk about growing a daily life that matters, we are not talking about one size fits all. Right. We're just talking about pay attention. Right. And uh, I think, yeah, we've both paid enough attention to ourselves and our needs to know that, you know, certain things work for us and, and certain things don't. Like I used to, when I had that really early morning routine, I would walk my daughter to the bus and I would be already in like workout clothes and I would go for a long walk, which is my preferred exercise, super early. It would be like 7.20 in the morning. And so then by eight, you know, I'm, I'm, I've exercised and I just, as things have gotten harder this year and by harder, I just mean, I just mean busier and more work and a little more stress. Um, I don't even do that anymore. Like if I get a walk in, it's just a break in the afternoon like that, like wake up, go, go, go. I just, I can't do it anymore. And I'm, I'm learning like that. I guess what I, I'm in charge, so right. I don't have to. So, right. okay, I'm going to switch it up. <laughs> but that feels to me what you're doing in bed actually feels to me like go, go, go. Cause you haven't like mm, had transition. And it doesn't you're feel just, that like, way. You're just still yeah. in bed working. I need to like, feel transition else it does feel to me like my day came at me before I even got out yeah. of bed. And I feel like I'm being I'm I'm like sneaky because I'm still <laughs> I'm still in a, a mode of rest and easing in and yet I'm also like quickly like taking some chunks out of the day's work so that even then I feel like less overwhelmed. One thing that's hard for me, Lisa Joe, is to know that there's a lot of work in the day and then to feel like I won't even begin to make progress on it until I've showered, until I've gotten dressed, until I've made my bed. Like it helps me so much if I know, like sometimes I'll fall asleep at night knowing like, oh, I need to send that email. Oh, it helps me so much if I just wake up, have my coffee and do it. And then I can like go for a walk or take a shower because yeah. it's done. It's not hanging over my head, ruining my cup of coffee or ruining my walk <laughs> around the block. Yeah, that makes <laughs> sense. Okay. So officially now we're going to have a three podcast series called a day in the life morning, noon and night. This is just the morning <laughs> episode because I think there's more to say here that I think is helpful to it. unpack for people morning, in terms noon, and of night. how our brains process the day. So that sense of I, I, I am delayed in getting to what I need to do. I totally mm -hmm. get that's how I feel too about why I don't want to run in the morning or work out in the morning because, and it's why I think having Zoe's bus that comes at age 26 every morning is the perfect time frame for me to be like, I have to be up dressed and ready by then. And because I don't have the option, for Pete to handle Zoe as well. Right. Mm -hmm. I know I have to be up anyway, getting ready with her. I can't do work. She's getting ready. So it forced, it's, it's sort of built in this package of time where she and I are both getting ready, getting something to eat. So by the time her bus drives off, my brain is like, 
great. Now we are ready for the workday to begin. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I were then to do something else, like go for a walk then, yeah, or I will yeah. confess it, even have like a pray as you go moment or a Bible study reflection, that causes me anxiety because now I have like 40 minutes I'm losing before I can begin the day. So I'm just not a person who starts the day with a long devotion or reading or Bible. That tends to come much more for me like around lunchtime or in the later evening when Pete and I are unpacking something together or even when I'm driving. So we'll talk about that later in our third episode. But that <laughs> gives time for me that like long chunks of time, like 45 minutes, sometimes three hours, where I can listen to a, a sermon and engage in that way. I guess what I'm trying to do is free up a listener who has felt like either she has to get up and get ready for the day, or, um, you know, she should ease into the day, doesn't want to, or that she should be reading her Bible and she's stressed about how much time that takes in the morning. There really isn't a one-size-fits-all. And I think the beauty of getting older is understanding what's the most effective for me. Like, what does that look like in order to start my day in a meaningful way where I start, where I feel like it's, I'm going to be productive because I think, I think you and I have the same thing. So I think here's a, here's an interesting transition in this morning discussion there are different kinds of work that our brains do. So there's the to-do work, which I feel like is what you're describing, wanting to knock out in bed, like emails and correspondence, and maybe yeah. there's a phone call and you have to schedule something. Those are what I think of as surface work. So they're like checklists that you're checking off a list. But then for anybody who is also trying to create something, and you don't have to be a traditional creative to do that kind of work. So even if you are working on a more business project, for example, there are going to be seasons, though, where you have to design whatever that is. And I think of that as the deep work where you have to submerge below the water. So not at the top where everybody's paddling and there's noise and boats and flippers and kids. You have to deep dive down into the ocean where it's very quiet and deep and you need long stretches of time for your brain to enter into whatever the thing you're trying to come up with, whether you're solving a math equation or chemistry formula or or designing a new launch for something, or in our case, writing a book. The problem with my brain is this. When I'm operating at the surface level, I can be interrupted by many things. I can switch between tasks. I can write an email, and then I can quickly do a podcast, and then I can you know, look at some images somebody sent me for a marketing campaign. I can flip between all of those things and be productive. But if it is a day when I'm supposed to be on the bottom of the ocean and that day gets interrupted by flitting around the surface things, then even if it's only 10 or 11 when I'm supposed to submerge and begin writing, my brain does this. It says, oh, sorry, I can't do that today. You've already wasted the whole day. Even if it's only 11 in the morning, I'm like, come on, brain, come on. We've got four or five hours still. My brain's like, no, no can do. You blew yeah. it. <laughs> so like that, when when I have a day like that where I know I need to write, I actually flip my schedule in this way. Instead of starting the day with Zoe and waking up and it feels like task, task, task with her. 
I switch with Pete and I get up at 620 and I, I pull a Christie. I don't shower. I mm-hmm. put on glasses. I yeah. just get in the car and drive the boys. They require nothing of me emotionally in the way that Zoe does. I just get in the car. I get to drive as the sun is coming up. It's very beautiful. It's a totally quiet car ride because they do not want to talk to me in the mornings. I drop them off and I'm home before seven and I do not walk back in the house. I walk directly into my little writing shed. I close the door. I sit down and I start writing before 7.30 in the morning. And immediately my brain is like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. we can do this. And it just sinks deep under the water. And then, and then I can do that kind of work. So twist, do you have... <laughs> What does yes. your morning oh, look I like? I love like that. that. I love that. I totally relate to that. I, on so many levels, like what to say first. Yes. So if, so it's so funny to remember, but if I have, if I have regular work, let's say I'm in the middle of a bigger writing project, I'm not up against a deadline. It's just, I need to kind of pick away at it day by day. You know, for me, it's writing for, you know, a listener, it just might be a big project at work or maybe, you know, it's, um, something, you know, with homeschooling your kids, just that kind of thing that it, it takes focus. It's maybe a bit creative, but it's, but it's every, every day, you know, so every, every morning, let's say I'm working on this, then I can definitely, it helps me to, to get up, make the bed, get dressed, have my time. And then I absolutely come up to my office, sit at my desk, you know, do the work. And that feels really right and good. But if, if it is now a pressure situation, there's a deadline. I only have one day to do it. I've just got to make progress. I'm feeling the pressure. Then no matter what, I will, I will be, I'll even tell my husband, Hey, just so you know, tomorrow, I have a phrase for it. I'm like, tomorrow is a work from bed day for me. Just so you know, like, do <laughs> not expect to see me. Cause that's what I tell Pete when I'm like, tomorrow I have to write. Yeah. I don't want to interact with anybody. Like I'm yeah. dropping those boys off and I'm coming to work and you need to handle everything, everything Zoe needs yeah. in the morning. Like emotion. And for me, it's actually an emotional availability. Like I cannot yes. carry any of the emotional load of the morning. Yes. I just have to spend exactly. it all here. So I do the same. I prep him yeah. the night before. Yeah, I, I do it. And and then for me, it is not, And but it is bizarre that it's, I like you have your great um, work shed now and I do have this upstairs space, but there is something about me needing to to cocoon into a place where I can, where I feel like everything I've got for the day is just going into the work and I spent none of it on, yeah. you know, getting dressed. It sounds so terrible. I keep thinking, what are people going to think of me? I, you know, <laughs> no, I get it. This, but just being honest. <laughs> now, I will say I don't completely ne- neglect hygiene, but what it looks like is, oh, now I've, I'm brushing my teeth mid-morning. Oh, now I'm showering right after right. lunch. It just kind of kicks everything down a little bit, but it it happens in a point in the day where I feel like, okay, I've made a little progress. I'll, I'll just get up now and take a break, you know, by taking a shower. Like, I, But I can't do it first thing. I've got to just like sink into that deep work right away. Now, and is, so, yeah, is writing very similar. So like if you're doing book writing, that deep work, that's also like a bed thing for you? It, it is. If it's a pressure, if it's like I need to make a lot of progress mm. or I have the deadline is very close or I'm writing a, a talk that I deliver next week, you know, if it's that kind of thing where there's any sort of stress or press, pressure around it, um, then then I, I my preference really is to 
is to sit in bed with my laptop and do that work from from my bed. It's, you know, I, I don't know if this is part of it too. I have a really lovely bedroom. It faces west and south. So I live in this old farmhouse and frankly, some of our rooms are quite dark and I feel very sensitive to light. And mm. so even my office here, I've often thought that this might be part of the issue for me is that these little windows, they're small and they face north. Yeah, that's true. And it's always a little bit dark. I, yeah. I never get like, you're never on this in this room going to get a puddle of sunlight on the floor right. ever because the sun will never enter these that's, windows. I think that's a real thing. Yeah. Yeah. And my bedroom is always full of light. It's absolutely my favorite place to be in the winter because it can be so cold and miserable outside. But my room will feel warm and sunny almost no matter what. Um, And I think that's a big part of it is just the light. The light is so pleasing in there. The light makes me feel alive. And um, it's just funny to recognize how much these, we can say this is a little thing. So I often say, Christy, why won't you go up to your office? You have a big desk. You have a, a better computer setup up there. Like it's it's pretty quiet. Why? Why? Why do you keep working from bed? And um and I think the answer is the light. I I like being in that space. Um, and especially when I'm feeling weary or stressed, or like life feels a little too much. To be in a place where the light is so rejuvenating. Maybe I'm extra sensitive to it, but I don't know. I bet if most people just paid attention. I mean, light is is life in many ways. And so to seek out those places just makes sense. I mean, my shed is like that. It has just huge wall of windows. I do think, though, I mean, studies have been written about our brains and how tricky and complicated they are when it comes to trying to get them to perform, right? Because yeah. essentially, that's what we're saying. Yes. And I think both of us are describing a way to backdoor <laughs> into our brains to get them to perform without letting them realize that's what we're asking them to do. <laughs> yes, because totally I it. feel like it's like about removing all barriers so that my brain does not have something else to latch onto where it's like, oh, I should do this or I should check out this. For some reason, if I start a writing day really early, my brain is not tempted to look at YouTube. I don't know why. But if I'm like in early enough, it's sort of like you said, I have snuck in to do the work. That's how I feel like I'm sneaking in before the day has even started and I am accomplishing things. But if it's 11, my brain's like, you dropped the ball. Everybody's been up for hours. They've done more than you have. And if I look at Instagram, then my brain's like, oh, look, people launched whole businesses in the last two hours. <laughs> like that's how I interpret what I'm seeing on Instagram. And my brain's like, too bad you didn't get on that. And I'm like, brain, we've got four hours in the day. And my brain's like, not enough for us. <laughs> and so maybe you're listening to this and you work you know, in an office or you teach in a classroom or you're in college. And so you don't have the luxury of being in a shed or a bed. Right. <laughs> but surely you too are tricking your brain in certain ways. Yeah. Because I yeah. remember when I was in an office or when Pete's in an office, like there are and I'd be curious what it is that works for you because it's mm-hmm. about tapping into whatever magic it is where you can get your brain to cooperate with your intentions because mm-hmm. that is so hard to do. And so for me, I will just add, happily add, confess, hygiene goes right out the window. Like when I'm in a writing week, my children, I mean, they usually... I can, they're, they're polite, but you can tell by their faces, they're, they're <laughs> horror when they make contact with me during the day. Yeah. It's so bad. Because here's the other thing. It's so weird that I'm realizing this now. So on my work days when I'm doing, you know, 
emails and interviews and conference calls, et cetera. I want to be dressed in not mm-hmm. business clothes, but like right now I'm wearing like a denim cute shirt and I have jeans on. I'm not just wearing leggings and a sweatshirt. But when I'm writing, I need to be ultimately comfortable. I need to feel nothing on my body yeah. that could bother my brain. <laughs> I need to wear, I, I'll tell you what I wear. I have a uniform. I have these leggings I got at Walmart. I don't know. They're magical. They're the softest things I've ever worn I wear those leggings, I wear this really old t-shirt or sometimes just a tank top, and then I wear this Lions sweatshirt that I inherited from Peter 22 years ago, has a perfect holes in the sleeves that your thumbs can go through. It's so great. I never wear a bra ever on writing days. No, never, ever, ever. I don't brush my hair. I don't look in the mirror. Everything just has to be, everything the goal is, it's funny, I've never actually realized this, but the goal is to create no itch for my brain to want to Mm -hmm. scratch. Mm -hmm. And something about being in the shed really helps me. And I felt this way too when I've worked from an office, an office, essentially a space outside of my kitchen. There's nothing for my brain to be tempted to clean or fix or put away. Yeah, I, I, I need to create a space that's completely naked of distraction. And the only thing for my brain to look at is the computer and the work I'm trying to do. And so on those writing days, I literally just sit at my desk for like eight or nine hours. I'm afraid sometimes to even go and get something to eat in the house because I do not trust my brain ability to come back and get back on task. And so I will, I'll just do marathon days where I don't even stop to eat because I don't, I mean, like a 47 year old woman, I don't trust myself. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. This is fascinating. And I'm looking forward to like, to moving through the day, the morning, noon, and evening routines, but with this sense of like honesty, which I think yes. we've been very honest today, and and why, and what is the deeper story here? And maybe I'll just I'll share one last story because I remembered as you were describing like what you wear and and for certain kinds of work, and I'm remembering like in a former life when when I was in graduate school, a young woman, a young mom, and I would go. Um, I had a teaching job, like an adjunct teaching job at the School of the Art Institute, which was downtown. And so then what it looked like for me to go and teach these college students as myself, a pretty young woman. So I wasn't that much older than them. And, you know, it was very stretching for me to go and be like the authority figure in this classroom with college students. And so what doing that work, what that required, and you're talking about like kind of backdoor for your brain, tricking your brain. So what it required was like a whole process of like, I would dress in my mind, like uber professional. I had dresses. I mean, I had to do shopping for this job. I had not exactly high heels, but like heels, not flats, like chunky heels that I could still walk downtown in, but like dressy shoes, dressy, like, I I think of it like maybe some of the somewhat similar, a little more relaxed to maybe what you were wearing when you were, you know, working downtown, you know, for the attorneys, like trying to dress like an adult. Um, And so my most vivid memories of that job are the clothes that I wore, the dresses, the shoes, the jewelry, so that I could walk, the satchel I carried, the leather computer bag, so I could walk into that classroom and like project professor in order to sort of be now in a space where I could perform that job, perform that teaching job because I was, I had my armor on, I was dressed for it. I looked the part so I could play the part and, and I enjoyed it. Um, it, I think it's good to remember that's why that job was so exhausting for me (laughs) 
because it required, you know, that kind of, of almost playing dress up, but it, it did the trick. It helped me, you know, putting on those clothes helped me then do the job. Um, and so it's interesting to think how different things are now, but in a way not like the choices we're making, you know, may help or hinder us in doing the work that's required of us that day. And so really just stopping to say, well, what, what is required of me today? Not what is so-and-so doing on Instagram or what is this ideal? You know, I've really had to give up, I think, a lot of this year. What is my ideal morning routine? Um, I've had to kind of let it go and, and embrace something else, but for a purpose and for a season. And that that maybe is the, the really how to grow a daily life that matters. It's not like make a master plan and stick to it no matter what, right. but, to, but to just pay attention and <laughs> yeah. then and then go with that. Sometimes the grass needs different fertilizer. Sometimes right. it needs to be cut differently in different seasons. <laughs> yeah. We're so glad you guys are here with us to literally watch grass grow as we describe this next series, which I think will be fun. So come back next week as we talk about a day in the life noon edition morning noon and night we'll do all three and i hope it actually causes you to reflect on what are you doing in your mornings what do they look like and i also hope it gives you permission Mm -hmm. to feel like it doesn't have to be the same as everybody else's and it doesn't have to be the same as yours every day too because understanding the purpose like christy said really is how we get to what matters in a morning and give yourself permission to adapt accordingly All right, onward, onward to noon, Lisa Joe. Here we go. (laughs) 